told Brother Paul, I said, I wish we'd blown the words up before we tried that. And then I wish we'd had oxygen tank as well. That'd been a great blessing. I appreciate that. I like that song. Glad I got an anchor that holds. Praise the Lord. Turn to James chapter 1 this evening, if you would. James chapter number 1. And uh, again, looking forward to preaching. The, the book of James is interesting. And we mentioned this before we started because it's a book of action. And uh, a lot of Christianity, shouldn't be this way, but a lot of Christianity is, is theory, right? I mean, we should have faith and we, we should walk by faith and we should do these things. But James is saying that if we really have faith, we'll do those things, right? And we, we live in a world where everybody talks about these things. Very few people do it. And so last week we started uh, looking uh, at verse uh, uh, number 19. I want to go back and hit that so it will make more sense into what we're looking at tonight. The Bible said, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Right. Again, go back think about the fact that you and I uh, have a tendency to speak before we listen. Right. And uh, the Bible tells us we ought to be very swift to listen, very slow to speak. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God... And he said, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now look at verse 22. This is where we'll start. Our, it says, Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And our scripture today begins in verse 23. For if any. I, I still believe the word of God's inspired. Right? Not some, not a few. But the Bible said, If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer. So he's saying you, you can in it, sit in church, listen to it, hear what the Bible says. Uh, you can study it. You can listen to the Holy Spirit. But he said, if you, any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he hold, beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now again, the, the, the world we live in is all about perception, right? It, it's about Focusing on your strengths and not your weaknesses. And the, the problem with the word of God to someone who has that philosophy is God uh, understands the heart, right? It, we have to preach the whole counsel of God, which is the positive side of it. But there's a negative side. Most of what the Bible tells us is what not to do. I mean, think about that. We, we want to focus on what we should do, but most of what God's telling us is thou shall not, right? And, and if we can't get that part, you'll, you'll never get to the place where uh, we have faith and we follow God and we're doing all the things that we should do. So the Bible said here, uh, straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was. And, and let's be honest, most people like that, right? We, we, we want to paint a picture, I found this out this week, that, that there is actually a place in California where people can go and rent 15-minute segments on a private jet to take selfies so they can portray themselves as having a jet setter lifestyle. Now, buddy, I'll tell you what, we live in a crazy world when you got to rent a uh, Lear jet to go take pictures so people think that you're a jet setter. Right? I, I mean, you know, it's, it's just amazing to me how fake this whole world is. And God's telling us that we're to be real. Right? He's telling us that, that we're, to, we're, to, we're to look at the perfect law of liberty. We're to look at the Word of God. And it reveals to us who we really are. Now, you can, you can fake uh, the church. And you can fake the people at work. And you can fake your spouse. But the fact is, when you get alone with the Word of God, God reveals who you really are. And, and He reveals the good part of it, Brother Shane. But then also, He, he digs in deep and finds those hidden things that we, we put, you know, we, we don't want to remember the past. And, and there, Brother Foy, there is some benefit to that, right? The devil will always bring up uh, what you were. But also, we, we need to remember the past so that we don't uh, uh, do, uh, repeat the same mistakes. And so the Bible said here that uh, he straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now Paul said this. He was, he was uh, telling uh, in one of the letters, he said, And such were some of you. Not that's how you are, that's how you were. So it tells me that someone who is born again, old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. There 
are new creatures and so therefore there should be some things in the past and if we're not careful, if we don't uh, read and study the word of God in the context of what God wants to do, it's basically telling us we're deceiving ourselves and we'll never, here's something to think about Brother Brad, the, the, the process of sanctification is making us more like Christ. Now, now in Antioch, the Bible said they were first called Christians, which means this. We say Christ-like, but it literally means little Christ. Think about that. When people look at you, do they look at you and say, he's a little Christ? Mm. Maybe, maybe an altar call would be in order right now, right? But, but we stay away from the Bible because we don't want it to reveal to us who we really are. Well, if, if, if you don't figure out who you really are, then there's no way that God can help you, right? You go back to the Pharisee and the publican. You had the Pharisee, and, and God didn't call him a liar, right? He said he did all these things. He tithed, he prayed, he did all these things. But he said, I thank God that I'm not as, as his publican is. Well, the publican got real with God, and he beat upon his breast and said, uh, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, until you understand that that's who you are, right, you can't, we, we can understand the grace of God, the forbearance of God, the long-suffering of God, but, but if you don't see and let the Word of God point out your flaws and mistakes and your sin, you'll never become like Christ. And that is the whole process once you're born again. God's saying, you know, the, the idea of even being a human being. You're not the same person you are, I hope, uh, that you are when you're born, right? Now, now when you're born, you have to have someone feed you and have to take care of the dirty diapers and, and uh, you know, have to, have to put you, take, pick you up and carry you from this place to the other and you can't speak and uh, you, can't, you only understand certain things. Well, the process of the spiritual man is the same thing. When you're born again, you're born into a new life and that life should not stop. It should grow and you should become more like Christ. And so James is telling us uh, in verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. Now that's important. He didn't say read it one time and everything's okay. He said you've got to continue therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Yes, so he said, first of all, he said you've got to be a doer of the word. But then he elaborates and said you've got to be a doer of the work. You, 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 in other words, he's saying, listen, that, that you're not to be a... How many times do we read something or hear something preached and before we even get away from where we are, we forgot about it, right? It's like, well, I, even today, your mind's on something else. You're doing something else. Uh, kids, you're, you're piddling. You're on your phone. You're doing all these things. And you're saying, well, I went to church because I got to. And I, I did the check mark today, right? I, I did what I was supposed to do. But you're not getting the benefit. And I remember going to school, right? I remember going to college and you'd sit there like this and you would doodle and you had to show up for class. Well, here's the problem. Showing up for class wasn't enough to get good grades. I figured that out the hard way. Did anybody else? You, you might have got a check mark for attendance, but when the test came, it didn't help you a whole lot just showing up. So, so the Bible's saying here that when we don't continue, it seems to me, Brother Jimmy, it's saying when we don't continue, we're a forgetful hearer, but it says be a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious. Right? Didn't say you were. He said if any of you seem to be. And bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth, it, uh, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is what? Vain. Right. Uh, yeah, woo. I mean, you know, you, you can do all the right things, but the Bible said here, like I said, James didn't, it wasn't James's words, it was God's word. He said, you can do all the stuff, but if you don't, if you don't bridle your tongue, what you say you got is vain. Mm. See, that is anti-society. Society says, speak your mind. Society says, I have freedom of speech, so I should be able to say what I want to. But Paul said this. He said, though things are lawful for me, they're not expedient. Though I could do them, I'm not going to do them because it's not beneficial. So, so notice what he says. He said that if you don't bridle your tongue... I wonder what would happen 
Wonder what would happen. You with me? If God revealed to us every idle word spoken in private. Wonder what would happen. All the let's meet over here. We have something to discuss. Let, let's let let's let's wonder what would happen if God put that on the screen for everybody to see. Because that's what He's saying. He said, if you if you don't control your tongue, what you're saying you got's not real. Notice verse twenty-seven: pure religion and undefiled. Before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Amen. So, so here's what I want to share with you. So James is telling us in this scripture that God's word is a glass, a looking glass, a mirror, right? As a mirror, we should see our reflection of who, who we really are. I mean, the, the fact is, if let's be honest, a lot of us don't want to look in the mirror. A lot, a lot of folks look in the mirror to... to but, to paint a face on that's not real. Right? I, I'm, am I being right? I mean, God, the makeup industry has done pretty well selling paint, right? Well, ladies, most, and I'm not critical, I'm just saying it's the way it is. Most, most don't look in the mirror and walk out the door and say, well, I'm just going to go like I am. It's like I got to use this mirror to touch up the imperfections, and, and let's be honest, fellas, we just look and go, who cares, right? Let's fix our hair if we can, right? But when you really don't like what you see, you do one of two things. You don't look in the mirror at all, or you use the mirror to, to, to fashion you in another fashion that, that makes you more attractive than you really are. That's why the Bible tells us we're to, we're to adorn the inner man, right? We're to, ladies, to, the inner woman, right? Gentlemen, the inner man, right? So as a glass, it reveals not only the inward man, but also it gives us a view of who God really is. So we're supposed to be like Christ, right? Little Christ, that's what. So God's saying in his word, he's doing two things. One, he's revealing who the true person the true nature of Jesus Christ is but then on the flip side he's revealing the true nature of who we are and the gulf between who we should be in Jesus Christ and who we really are in the flesh he's saying the word of God is going to reveal that to you if you spend time in the word of God so, so the natural man saying well I don't want to spend time in the word of God right I want to have a distorted mirror that shows me in a better light than I really am. Right? So what is this God's word as a glass? What does it do for us or how does it affect us? Well, first of all, I want to say, number one, it's a challenging experience. Several years ago, I had to get some skin cancer cut out of my face. And so they did mole, whatever that, moles, mole, whatever it was. Basically, what they did is they cut it out. And they put a bandage over your face and said, go sit in the waiting room. And we're going to make sure we got it all. And then when we do, if we don't, we're going to cut you some more. And then if we got it all, we'll sew you up. So I went out and sat. And they said, well, we got it all. I said, praise the Lord. So he brought me back in there. And, of course, you got all this Novocaine or whatever they put in your face. You can't feel anything. And so he said, well, do you want to see what we did? And I said, sure. I thought he'd sewed me up. And I wanted to see what the finished product looked like. He hands me a mirror and I put it up there and I got a big hole in the side of my face and I can see inside my face. Now, what about you? I don't really want to see what's inside my face. And after I stopped gagging, I said, could you please not show me that again till, till we're till you, you, you know? Well, then he showed me after and I had this line of stitches up through here and my eye was black and all this. And I thought, man, I don't know if it's worth getting all that cut out or not. But what he was doing was revealing to me what I really look like, right? And so, so the challenging experience when we come in light of the Word of God is this. It just shows us who we really are. And most of us don't really want to know who we are. So in verse 23, the Bible said, If any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like unto a man. Well, here's what he's saying. He said, That's a foolish condition. A hearer of the word, not a doer, they will intellectually agree, but it did nothing to change them. See, you can agree with the whole word. It's, I, I, I'm a Bible believer. I believe the whole thing. But, but if it doesn't change your behavior, you don't really believe it. Right? 
I mean, I mean, everybody believes in something until they have to put the belief to a test. I'll give you an example. Ready for this? Probably in 2018, 2019, if you said, you, do you believe it's right for the government just to hand out free checks to everybody, you'd say, no, that's wrong. Well, then 2020 came, they started handing out them COVID checks, and I'll guarantee you everybody that thought they wouldn't take it when it was free money went to the bank and cashed that baby. You say, well, that's what they should do. But you got a problem with food stamps and welfare and everything. Well, they ought to work for their money. Well, you didn't work for that money. Right? See, everybody's, everybody's got principles until their principles are tested, and then you really see if you got the principles or not. And so it, when you, you can say you believe the Bible, you can say you believe everything about it, but, but when it's in your face, most time, uh, Brother Randy, when, when we're putting it on somebody else, we're strict in what the Bible says, but then when we turn on ourselves, we take a more liberal version of what we think it says. So they were intellectually agree. That's what most people do. I mean, most people sit in our church, so I 100% agree with the whole Bible right up until it starts dealing with you and your family and your kids. And then you say, well, I don't, I don't see it that way. What we call that, Brother Jake, is interpretation. That's not how I interpret it. Well, let me say this. It doesn't matter how you or I either one interpret it. What matters is what God meant. And God is saying, I want you to find out what I meant, not take your, your slide on it and decide what you think it says. And so a confession to do the will of God means nothing if we don't actively do the will of God. Well, you can say you believe in people uh, uh, going to heaven, but if you don't ever try to lead somebody to heaven, you don't really believe it that much. And you can say you believe in the bus ministry, but if you don't get involved with it, you can say you believe in soul winning, but if you never hand out a track, and you can say you believe in missions, but if you don't give something to missions and pray for missionaries, you don't really. So a foolish condition, but then a forceful comparison. Verse 23 and 24, notice what he said. For if any, and that means every single one of us, if any of us be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So as we look at the word of God, it reveals who we really are. I mean, it just does. Because God, God sees in here. He knows what's going on in here, right? And so the Word of God, and what he does is that the Bible, uh, Brother Russell, it, get, it gets in there and it cuts to the heart. And so we look at the Word of God, it reveals who we really are. You, you can, if you've got a, a true mirror, right? I mean, it's not some crazy... You know, you bought on Amazon and says, hey, you, this will make you look better. If it's just a regular mirror, it's going to tell you who you are, right? right? And then, then you get that one that's got, you know, it blows your face up, magnifies about a thousand times, and got the light ring around it. You don't want to mess with that because all of a sudden it's going to show all the, all the imperfections in your face, right? Well, it's the way the Word of God is. God's saying, listen, I'm going I'm to put that on you if you'll look at it. And again, you have to approach it with the right thing. If I want to get to Brother Johnny and say, listen, Brother Johnny, I'm going to show you all the stuff wrong with you. I can take the Bible, and, but see, he didn't do it. So it goes back to the, I've got to remove the speck out of my eye, or out of, uh, the mode out of my eye before I can get the speck out of his. See, we like to turn that thing as a weapon and, and use it as a sword on somebody else. But God's saying, you need to look at it yourself, and it'll reveal who you are. Well, well, that takes some humility, doesn't it? I mean, the, the Pharisee, he, he took the word of God. What he did, he said, look, I, I tithe, right? I pray. I go to church. I do all these things. He said, and, and I thank God I'm not as other men are. I'm not like this publican over here. So he was taking the word of God. And he said, look, you need to look at yourself. Well, the publican looked at the word of God and it revealed to him how unworthy he was. And so what did he do? He cried out Amen. for help and mercy. Amen. And see, that's really all you can do. You, you, you're not going to fix yourself without the help of God. Amen. And so here he's saying that, that if, you want to, if you want a forceful comparison of who you really are, then, then don't, don't go ask. Listen, how many know this, fellas? If you're smart... 
and your wife says, how do I look in this dress? You better lie to her. Or we'll be doing your funeral, sir. Right? Some of you wouldn't. That's why we don't see you but once a month. You spend three weeks in the hospital every month. Because you haven't learned to bridle your tongue. Right? So now the decision, once God shows you what you are, the decision you and I have to make is what I'm going to do about it. Right? You go to the doctor and the doctor says, listen, you, you, got, you, got, uh, you got four arteries clogged up, about 90%. And you say, oh, okay, well, thanks for the information. I'm going to go back and do the stuff I was doing to clog them up. Well, may I say this? You're foolish. Amen. Right? Amen. What you ought to do is say, okay, you know, they're probably going to roto-rooter your arteries out. But then if you go back and do the same thing you did to get them there, I, I remember uh, years ago had a man in our church, he, he, I mean, he smoked like a freight train, and he had lung cancer, and his wife said, do you think they'll give him a lung transplant? I said, no, they don't give him no lung transplant. She said, why not? I said, well, he smoked up what he had. I mean, you don't go give a kid, you know, go buy him a brand new car when he's 16 years old and go out and wreck it the next day and go, I'm going to go buy him a new car again. You know what? That is foolish. You buy him a beater and, right? Drives like a tank and, you, you know. Well, same thing. God's saying, listen, here, here's the real you. You say, well, I don't like the real me, so I'm going to go find me another mirror that's going to be more flattering to me. Well, guess what? It ain't helping you a bit. Doc, I, I need to know what's wrong with me. I'm having all these chest pains. Well, you're having a heart attack. Well, what I need to do? Well, you need to eat better and exercise and you need to do this, no stress and all that. And so well, I don't want to do that. I want to eat what I want to and don't want to exercise and I want to have stress. Well, what you just said is I don't really care what you said, Doc. I want to do what I want to do. And so we approach the Bible the same way. God, I don't really, I want to find, I want to find me a doctor that's going to tell me do whatever you want to do. Well, when you die, don't blame, don't, you know, don't blame him if you went after him. And so God's saying, listen, if you want some help, I'll help you, but you've got to look at the word of God. And when I tell you something's wrong, you've got to be a doer. And when I tell you something's right, you've got to do what's right. And so we see not only ourselves, but we also see the Lord. When you read the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, you see Jesus Christ now you see in the Old Testament, you see the Jew and the children of, of God and all that they messed up and their lack of faith and we, we identify with them. But you also see the faithfulness of God. When you see the disciples, you see all the mess they did. But we also see the faithfulness of God. So it not only shows man in the light of who he is, but it shows God in the perfection of who he is. So we not only see ourselves, we see the Lord. So we see our need for cleansing and realize the Lord's the only one who can give us what we need. That's if we read it the right way. Right? So God's word is a challenging experience if you'll let it do what it is designed to do. Not return void. Now we, we look at that scripture and we think, well, that means when you go out and share the gospel. You know, it, and that does mean that. But what we miss is God is saying, listen, when I, when I implant the word in your life. It's going to accomplish what I want it to if you'll let it. Remember when Jesus used the parable of the, the seed? And he told the disciples, he said, listen, the seed, when he explained it, he said, the seed is the word. It wasn't this mystery. That's what I like. His disciples, Brother Foy, he didn't, he didn't the parables were to, to keep those unbelievers from not understanding all the mysteries of God. But the, the ones that were close to Jesus, he said, I'm just going to tell you what it says. And he said, the seed is the word of God. And he said, some of that seed fell on uh, bad ground, right? Some of it was rocky ground. And it never took hold. Some of it took hold and it burned up. And some of it took hold and because of the cares of life. And I noticed what's interesting is he said, uh, pleasure and riches. Right, he said if they started seeking pleasure and riches, it didn't take hold. Well, that's what we see in Christianity today. But there was this, think about this. Brother Eddie, one-fourth 
of the ones that got the seed. Some didn't, just didn't take it at all. I mean, it's like when you sit in church and, and God's doing something to your heart and before and you say, I, I'm not going to move. I'm, I'm just going to walk out and the devil steals what God's trying to do in your heart. That's that first group. There's four groups and only one out of four, one four, 25%, let the word of God take root. That's a minority no matter how you look at it, Right? And so even sitting here tonight, if we look at the comparison, one-fourth of you are going to walk out of here and say, well, that's a good message, but it didn't do anything for me. And one-fourth of you is going to go out and say, well, it was good and God did something to me, but uh, it, you don't have the right soil uh, for it to stay stick hold. And some of you are going to say, well, I got the right soil, but uh, the world out here has is, is, is got too much attraction for me, and so therefore I don't want to serve God. But there's going to be a fourth that's going to say, well, if you can have a fourth of folks that let God's word penetrate their life, I'm going to tell you what, you can have a church that's going to do something for God. So he's comparing the guy that'll listen uh, and not do anything. He's saying he's foolish, right? And then number two, the, the, when we study the Word of God and it's a glass, watch this, it's a changing experience. The Bible says in verse 25, but whoso looketh. Well, that looks to me like it takes some effort on our part. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein. So you have to look and you have to keep going. He being not a forgetful here. So there's three things you got to do. We've got to look, continue, and not forget. But a doer, there's another one, of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. You ever wonder why, you know, here, how many times Brother Sean people say, Well, I'm a child of God and I, God ought to bless me, right? I, how many times, well, I'm, I'm faithful to church. Okay, good for you. Well, see, what's the Bible say? The Bible said here that when you look in the perfect law, it doesn't say anything about going to church. It says look in the perfect law of liberty, which is what? The Word of God, and you continue. So you don't start and stop and expect God to bless. It says you look and you continue, but then he goes on to say, and don't forget. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty prone to forget unless I continually repeat something. Right? Isn't it, isn't it amazing how randomly, you know, you learn something in school and you forgot 99% but some fact in the third grade that means absolutely nothing pops in your head and you're going, and people look at you like, man, you must have really paid attention in school. You're like, no, I just remember that one thing. <laughs> that one thing, some, for some reason, my gray matter popped that up today and I thought, so if you want to impress people with your intellect, what you do is when that pops in your mind, you call somebody and say, listen, did you know? They'll be like, no, I didn't know that. He's the smartest guy I ever met in my life. Then they ask you another question, be like, I have no idea what that means, right? But he said, you look, continue, don't forget, and then do. Well, you've got to have all four elements in there according to that that verse to be blessed of God wonder, I wonder how many Christians are sitting in churches even now that well I read the Bible okay good for you right well I looked in the perfect law of liberty great but you didn't continue right, right? you're not continuing following the, following the Lord well you forgot well what you learned from the, the Bible you didn't do it well why is God going to bless you you didn't obey what he told us to do, right? And so he goes on, verse uh, 26, If any man among you seem to be religious, right, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion's vain. So understand he gives us a call uh, in verse uh, 25 to behold. He says, looketh. Verse 25 says, but whoso looketh. Well, the word looketh means looking at something more closely. Not just the Bible didn't you the Bible didn't say read the Bible. What does it say? Study to show thyself approved. Reading and studying's totally different thing. They'd tell you, remember in school, they'd say read page 25 to page 40, and here's how you do it. Right? Then you'd have a pop quiz, and they'd say, Well, you failed the pop quiz. Well, I read what you told me to read, but you didn't retain what, what you read. Well, however long it takes you to retain is how often you ought to keep reading it, right? Or however active learn. Whatever you got to do 
to read it. Well, that's called studying. Studying and reading is not the same thing. So he says, looketh, looking at something more closely. And that's how we must examine God's word. Examine it closely to see how it can change us. Not change my spouse, not change someone else, but how can it change me? And if we'll look at it closely, like God tells us, then he can change us. And notice he says this, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Well, can we agree that's the word of God? I mean, I like reading books. I read a lot of books, but... But here's the problem. When, when you put books that man has written on the level of the perfect law of liberty, what happens is the flesh wants the book more than the book. Right? Because there's something attractive to the flesh to say, well, listen, if you're a positive thinker and you do this, this, and this, then you're going to be better off. And, and I, I agree with some things. I think you ought, to, you ought to be positive. I think, you know, there ought to be a sense of optimism, right? If, I think the Bible teaches us that. But see, what we've done is distorted what God has told us, and we've made a religion out of all this stuff. And so the flesh wants that. It, why? Because it glorifies me. It glorifies the flesh. Well, the Bible glorifies God. So the perfect law of liberty is God's law and sets us free. Well, look, look at it this way. So, why, do, why does a country establish laws? Why do we have the Constitution? Now, I'm going to help you with something. You have the Constitution to protect our freedoms. Not to give you freedoms, but to protect your freedoms. Kids, if they tell you in school, that's not what it is. They're lying to you. You have the Constitution to protect the freedoms and the rights that you have. By the way, you don't get to determine your rights either. Well, I have a right to this and that. No, you don't. But the, the law is there to protect. Listen, the, the, at least originally the law was there to protect those that did not offend it. Now who knows what it is. But there's a dichotomy there because you think that freedom means the absence of law. That's what our flesh wants, right? The flesh says, for me to have freedom, I can't have any rules. I can't have any law, right? I can't have anything that constrains me. The problem with that is when you don't have any constraints, the flesh does what it wants to and then you have nothing but chaos. So so we have to have something, even as Christians, we have to have something that restrains us and constrains us, and that's the perfect law of liberty. I have liberty because I choose uh, to serve the Lord Jesus. I don't have to. I don't have to obey. But when I don't, I I have to be willing to suffer the consequences of stepping outside of the boundaries that God's given me. Right? Today, our little dog got out well we walked outside she walked outside and she doesn't listen she said like said I don't know we think she's 17 we don't know how old she is she's old she just does what she wants to right she can't hear can't see can't jump and so we walk back inside she's outside in the front yard Ellen's calling Lily come on well she never came so I walk out later and she's just standing at the basement door like I'm ready to come in now Well, she doesn't understand that part of her protection is that house. Pretty sure a coyote is not going to get into the house. The backyard, the fence, is part of her protection. She's got liberty to do whatever she wants to in there. But see, Christians don't look at it that way. We look at it like, well, if if I really believe in the grace of God, then what that means is God's going to let me do whatever I want to do. No, he's saying when we look in the perfect law of liberty is God's law and sets us free. And so we must continue in the law abiding, uh, that law abiding lifestyle if its benefits and blessings are to be known. Well, take that dog, for instance. She gets gone, runs off. She gets hungry. Guess who's not there to feed her? Right? And she's going to have to fend for herself. But if she stays where she's supposed to be in the morning and the evening, somebody's going to put some food in the bowl, and all she's got to do is come in there and eat the bowl. Not the bowl, food in the bowl. 
That's the way we are. God's saying, listen, stay in these boundaries in the perfect law of liberty. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to take care of you. And we'll say, no, that's not really freedom. What I want to do is go live my own life, do what I want to, but I still want you to take care of me and give me benefits. Well, God doesn't operate that way. So he gives us a call to behold, but then a, here we go, buckle up. He gives us a call to behave. We don't like that word. Verse 26 says, if, so he's telling us all through to verse 26, we're to look in the perfect law of liberty, and it's a, it's a mirror to really show us who we are. And he says, okay, well, let me give you something else. Now, James, by the way, you know this, James is the brother of Jesus. It's not like he doesn't, he's not intimately connected with the Lord. He said, if any man among you seem to be religious... And bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Pure religion undefiled before God. That's what matters. Amen. And the father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So let me give you this. So merely listening to God's word leads to dead religious activity. That's where, that's where a lot of folks are. That's why a lot of folks, listen, they'll come Sunday morning and... You know, the choir will sing their guts out and sing about the blood of Jesus right. and the preacher get up and preach his guts out and they look at you with this deadness in them. Right? right? Good. Even some of you on Wednesday night, you, you look with a deadness. Right? I checked the box. Faithful. Jesus is going to be happy with me. I'm glad you think so. You got a deadness. Well, problem is what you got, because the thing is, Brother Sean, we go through the motions, but if what you got doesn't cause you to behave according to the Word of God, you don't have anything. Oh, I said a prayer, and I got saved, and I believe in eternal security, but it's not real. What you got in here is not real. There's, Brother Foy, there's going to be a lot of folks that, you know, they, they went to our independent Baptist church and they said their little prayer and got baptized. They're mean as a junkyard dog. And then when they die, they're going to end up in hell because they didn't, they, they didn't, do, they didn't live it. They didn't continue. Amen. I know that ain't popular in a Baptist church because we, we like the prayer, right? you got to say the prayer. That prayer is all that matters. Well, if, you, if your prayer meant what you say it means, right. it changes you. Yes, so that word seems in verse 25 means this. Think himself, but there's not the evidence of. Right? Now, I'll give you this example. You can think, and, and let's be honest, we live in a world, we, we call it this. I identify as. You know what that means? I pretend to be. I identify as. What you're saying is you, you're saying that you get to determine what you are. But if the evidence is not there, you can pretend to be whatever you want to be. But if you, the evidence isn't there, you're not that. Right? I mean, if, if you were born a girl, you can identify as a boy, but you're still a girl because the evidence is there hormonally and everything else that you're a girl. Amen. And so there's a lot of people sitting in our churches say, I identify as a Christian, but the problem is the fruit's not there, and you're really not what you say you are. And so God says, here's the evidence. You seem, right, if any man seems to be religious. You seem. Well, you do the right thing, come to church, don't cuss, don't drink. Don't listen to bad music. You know, whatever your little thing is that you say, this is religious, right? This is, this is what Christianity really looks like. Well, here's the problem. All that's external. Till the internal changes, the external. Anybody, listen, there's a lot of good people that don't drink. There's moral people that are lost. There's a lot of moral people that don't go to country concerts. And, you know, they don't post half-naked pictures on Instagram. Can I get a witness? There's a lot of good moral people that don't steal, and there's a lot of good moral people that don't smoke dope, but they're still dead in their sins and going to hell. So what he's saying is you seem to be religious, right? You, you appear, 
But here's the test. Here's the litmus test of whether or not uh, religious means follows carefully the actions connected with your belief. Okay, sounds good so far. He is concerned with the outward aspect of it. Now, on the flip side, you have people say it doesn't matter how you act on the outside. The only thing that matters is what's on the inside. The problem is people can't see the inside. Yes, God sees the inside man. He knows what's real. But if the inside has changed, people need to see the outside match the inside. So all of the religious parts of the Mosaic law were abolished at Calvary. All the rituals, Jesus took care of them. By the way, he, he fulfilled the law, but he did not abolish the law. The ritual part, you don't have to, we don't have to sacrifice every year because he's done that, right? The, the, the Levites or the, the high priest, uh, we, when he ripped the veil, you and I get to go in the Holy of Holies and pray now. But that does not mean that he took the, the practical aspect of how we're supposed to live of the law and says, well, you don't have to do that anymore. And that's what this modern grace teaches is, well, you're saved and none of the law matters anymore. Sure it does. Sure it does. Because it's the principles of the word of God. So now it's not, it's not ritual, it's relationship. And so James was very keen to the religious aspects of the law. And the evidence, watch this, of our walk with God is being able. Here, and, and it's interesting to me, Brother Shane, with all the things he said, with all the things he could say, right? I mean, in your mind, you've got this picture of someone who is truly saved, Right? What they do, what they don't do. But here's what he said. He said, if a man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion's vain. What's he saying? The evidence of our walk with God is being able to restrain our tongue. Well, I thought it was soul winning. That's not what he said. He said, you got to be able to Keep your mouth shut. Got much quieter. What's the world say? Speak your mind. Tell people what you think, right? What's the flesh say? Say whatever you want to. It makes you feel better. What's the Bible say? Rattle your tongue. What it says. True religion is giving and to keep ourselves pure. So here's what he's saying. Holding the tongue, having a heart of compassion, and a clean life are the evidence of true Christianity. So what verse 26, 27, any man among you seem to be religious, bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Here's what he said, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Three things, keep your mouth shut, have compassion for other people, and stay, keep yourself unspotted. That's what he said. Now I'd say this. Most of us Christians are probably good on two out of three. Am I right? I mean, if I were to ask you, do you think it's right to live a worldly life? You say, oh, no, no, no. Now how you define that may be different. Right? Because some people say, well, I don't think it's right. To go to a, to a uh, hard rock concert. But I don't really see anything wrong going to a country concert. Right? Am I right? See, I, don't, I, I think it's wrong to do this. But I don't think it's wrong to do this. I think it's wrong to cuss. But I don't think it's wrong to speak my mind if it hurts somebody else. Right? I think it's wrong, right? I think it's wrong to gossip, but I don't think it's wrong if it's the truth. Right? I think it's wrong if somebody talks about me, but I don't think it's wrong if I talk about them. How we doing? Hold the tongue. You say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, that explains a lot. See, you can't do that in your flesh. 
Your flesh wants to say what you want to say. The Spirit of God saying no. Now what you feed the most is what's going to control you. Well, it's not in our flesh that we want to we want to have compassion for other people, brother Johnny. We don't want to think. Here, here's here's the world we live in. I'll do unto you if it benefits me, right? I'll do unto you what you do to me. I'll give if you give to me. I'll help you if it pays off for me. It's transactional. Well, the the pure religion. What Jesus is saying? He said. Remember, Jesus said this. He said now. He said, now you, uh, if somebody needs your, your coat, give them the cloak, right? He said, if they want you to go one mile, go two. Remember this? He said, if they want to borrow some money from you, you need to be the type of person that you'll give it not expecting it back. We go, lost. Yeah, but the law says, right? Glad you brought that up. Well, we got a we got a dispute, and I'm taking Brother Shane to court. But the Bible said for me not to. You'd handle it in here. See, here's the problem: we value man-made law more than we do the law of God. So here, here's what he said. He said, "You want to prove your religion is real? You that you are? I don't care about." You know, oh, well, I didn't go to the concert, and I don't, I don't look at things I shouldn't look at, right? That's, that's my whole litmus test. I don't cuss. I don't tell dirty jokes at work. But he said, if you don't learn to bridle your tongue, you ain't got it. Well, you say, what's that look like? Well, Ephesians 4.29 said it this way. Let no, N-O, none, zero. Corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Zero, none. If it hurts somebody, he's saying if it's corrupt, if it defiles someone else, none of it, right? Zero. But that which is good to the use edifying. What's edifying mean? Build up. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's what he said. Don't, don't tell me how much you love Jesus when blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Don't tell me how much you love Jesus when, and I, listen, I understand the whole southern hospitality. Bless your heart. I'll run you through the ringer and talk about you and make you feel like trash, but then I'll say, well, bless your heart. I was just doing it for your own good. Right? If everything comes out of your mouth or anything comes out of your mouth is corrupt and doesn't edify, the Bible's saying you're not who you say you are. Now, are we going to make mistakes? Sure. But here's the thing. If, if, if I sin and say, Right? No, we're going to. He said if if we would confess our sin, he would. Here's the problem. You gotta confess. But Tim, you gotta acknowledge. That's the hard part. Well, you don't do that in the flesh. And that's why the word of God, if we let the perfect law of liberty have a place in our heart and use it as a mirror, God's going to say, okay, well, there's, right? So here's what I want to say. See, y'all shouldn't let me go on our way to Virginia. Boy, I tell you what, I preached a long time up there, and they looked at me like, that time for you to quit. I thought, man, I drove four hours. I'm preaching a while. Amen. We'll get it all out before I go home. I didn't have anybody to preach to in the car. But, but, see, when you take that book, you put it up there, and you say, okay, God, search me. What you're doing is saying, okay, you find those little crevices in there that are not what you want. Now, I said this, I'm, I'm going to close with this. A few weeks ago, God moved in this place. 
Amen? And I told you. But Barry, this ain't my first rodeo. I told you. Devil's going to try to. Now let me ask you this. Are you going to let him? Are we going to let him? I mean, we've seen all this sickness. Brother Randy, man, he's, they know him by first name at the hospital now, don't they? We gonna, why? Because we'll say, when God, when God, when we, when we pray for revival, there's got to be repentance. Right. You know how, where that comes from? God saying, hmm, you want to be more like Jesus? There's a little spot right yes, there. We got. Help you say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't, I didn't know. You know what he does? Takes a little bit of that blood. We can get that. <laughs> right? Then we're reading, he's like, oh, there's another area I'm not like Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry. We can get that right off. But when you when you say, I'm all right, I'm not that dirty. Right? I'm not that dirty. You don't know. You maybe know this. So when you have, especially a white shirt, if you ever wear a white shirt, man, them, them things come out and they are sparkly. Until. And they, they look white. Right? You can wear them and wash them, wear them, wash them. Get them dirty, wash them. You say, they look pretty good. Right up until you buy a new one. And you put that thing up beside of it. And see, that's right. If you get all, if you got all your dirty white shirts beside each other, they all look the same. Oh, we're all good. But you put a nice, fresh, clean one right up there beside of it. See, that's the way the Bible is. Amen. We think we're doing pretty good until we get in that book. God says, mm, here's something we got fixed. God's word as a glass. It'll tell us who we really are, but it'll tell us who he really is. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's get around the altar and pray tonight. Appreciate you being here. Hope the message was a help to you. After you pray, you're free to go.